The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. All right, let's all stand as I read chapter 4. I'll begin reading at verse number 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. I want you to pay attention to that word holiness. Verse 8. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we have today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would instruct us in our hearts. We ask, Lord, that the message today would be purposeful and meaningful. May it touch our hearts, touch our lives, and may we strive, Lord, to live in the holiness that you've called us to live. Thank you for this time now. Thank you for all who are here. Bless this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Last Sunday morning, I began a study by defining holiness in the scriptural sense. In doing so, we established that our holiness is the work of God the Father and is not founded in our own efforts. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we read, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. As a believer in Christ, we are a new creation, reborn, we said, under the nature of Christ. Verse 18 states that all things are of God. All things pertaining to this new creature, this newly created life, all things are of God. Our regeneration. We saw in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Our justification. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 30, we read, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Our sanctification. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. Ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit 
of our God. These are the works of God. Our regeneration, our justification, our sanctification are all the works of the Father. So we can establish that it is God the Father who hath quickened us, saved us, sanctified us, and empowered us to live in the holiness that he has ordained and commanded of us. We stated that there are two components to this spiritual holiness. First, I said it was the component of consecration. To, con- to be consecrated means to dedicate to a singular purpose. We've already established that it is God that hath reconciled us to himself, and that not by our own efforts. Therefore, it logically follows that since we are not able to establish our own righteousness, our own sanctification, then we will not be able to establish our own holiness either. And further, since our efforts to live holy lives, the efforts we would give, the the, the, the works we would present to God in an attempt to be holy, these things would ring hollow to the Father. For it is His holiness and His righteousness that we must possess. The only thing you and I can do is to dedicate our life to the purpose and will of God. But how will we do this? How will we dedicate our life to the Father? Simply put, we stated, we submit to the Spirit of God. We yield to the empowerment that we have been given. Therefore, you and I choose to obey or not obey. We are not bound by sin. We are not the servants of sin anymore. The devil does not make you do it. The flesh has no power over you anymore. Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. We read, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. If we are to live holy, we must be consecrated to the Lord and his will and his purpose. But then there's a second component to holiness, and that is the word conformity. Conformity implies to bring into harmony or accord. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, let's turn there together. Just uh, flip a few pages back toward the front. Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2, we read, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 1 admonishes us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, an acceptable sacrifice. (laughs) Then verse (laughs) 2 expounds on how we will be able to accomplish this. Paul stated, by transforming our minds, by renewing the way we think. In other words, by coming into harmony and agreement with the mind of Christ. We submit to the Holy Spirit for our guidance. John chapter 16 and verse 13, Howbeit when he 
the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Spirit of God will teach us to be in harmony with God's word, and he will guide us to live in accordance to the principles of the word of God. Then, (laughs) and only then, can we truly fulfill the admonishment we are given in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, (coughs) be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, if you look at that verse, is that a request or a command? How many of you say it's a command? That we are commanded to be holy and live a holy life. Would God command us to do that which he hath not enabled us to do? Would God call us to do something he has not empowered us to do? No, he wouldn't. But he has empowered us to live holy. He has enabled us to live holy. But not by our holiness. Not by our righteousness. Not by our efforts. But by his. Which was imputed to us upon salvation. We can and will lead holy lives, not in our own power or righteousness, but in the power and righteousness given us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Then last, last Sunday, I, I discussed uh, how we obtain the state of holiness. So first we answered the first question is, what is holiness? <coughs> then, then secondly, I began to address the question, how can we obtain holiness? Well, I said last week, number one, holiness begins at Calvary. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, we read, Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. We, we said, Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Did you see that? Did you see that? He chose us. He chose us before the foundation of the world that we would be holy. So if if you and I live holy, it's not because we did something. It's because he ordained it. And then then, then it says through sanctification of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Why did Jesus leave us the Comforter? Because the Comforter is our sanctification. The Holy Spirit is our sanctification. And then he said, By sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And in Colossians we read, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I said last Sunday, our life begins at Calvary. True life begins at the cross. The ability to live in holiness is not accomplished by the will of man, nor is it accomplished through the effort of man. It is only accomplished through the work of God. 
Our ability to live in holiness is a result of his workmanship. No rules, no standards. These things do not make us holy. They only serve to cater to one's pride and to arrogance. But when a man is sanctified in his heart, when the inside is clean, then the outside will be clean also. Matthew twenty three twenty six. Jesus states, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. You see, holiness doesn't start from outside, then go inward. Holiness starts from the inside and manifests itself on the outside. And we know that only God can clean the inside. So first I said holiness begins at Calvary, but today, now all of that, all, everything I've said so far has been introduction. So, but don't panic. I only have one point to make this morning. Only one. And that's number two, and that is this. Holiness is completed in Christ. I'd like for you to turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we'll begin reading at verse number 8. We read here, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, and called us with an holy calling. I want you to underline that word holy. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse 10, we read it, but it now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In verse 9, it states, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Our salvation our sanctification, and our calling were all according to God's own purpose and grace, and they were ordained before the world began. In eternity past, before the first light of the universe was spoken into existence by God, my salvation was already secured and established. Before the first blade of grass was planted by the Lord, God knew me and he loved me. And before the first creature creeped upon the earth, God had already, had already ordained his plan and purpose for my life. Verse 10 tells us this holy calling was manifested in Christ. Not according to our works. In other words, not because you cut your hair a certain length or because you wear a certain style of clothing or because you abstain from certain foods 
or because you observe holy days, not according to these things has God established our righteousness, but rather according to his own purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 we read, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Did you see that? God has ordained that you and I would walk in holiness. He has ordained that our lives will be holy before him. According to his purpose and according to his grace. In Titus chapter 2 we read, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. It is by the grace of God today that I am enabled to be holy. It is by the grace of God today that I am empowered to deny the ungodly works of this world, to reject them, to say no, and to walk in the righteousness and holiness of God. It is by his grace. We've got too many proud peacocks running around, running around America today. Where's Brother Lino? Last Sunday night, he called him the Grand Poobah. I thought that was cute. The Grand Poobah and Borny Rubble. I, I thought about that all week long. I laughed all week long thinking about it. The Grand Poobah and Borny Rubble. Well, I can tell the Grand Poobah and Borny Rubble something. Their efforts at holiness isn't, isn't impressing God at all. Because for their righteousness and holiness to impress God, it's going to have to exceed the righteousness and holiness of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that's not going to happen. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And there's a lot of boasting men around this country who have forgotten that. It is the righteousness and holiness of Christ that has made possible our salvation, sanctification, and calling. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 we read, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Don't you forget that. Don't you ever forget that your sins were paid for by Jesus Christ. Without Christ, we could not possess righteousness. And without Christ, we could not hope to live in holiness. When Jesus died on Calvary, in John chapter 19 and verse 30, he declared, we read, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Christ's work on Calvary was complete. He left nothing undone. I read a book several years ago written by a man, and the name of it was simply entitled, Done. But in this book, there's an excerpt, an excerpt where he says this, God has done all he can do for you. 
It is now up to you. What a blasphemous statement. Is there anything God can't do? Can God only take salvation so far and then he's got to sit back and wait for you? How can anyone claiming to know the Lord, claiming to be a born-again child of God, how can he make such a statement? If Christ declared it is finished, then what more is there to do? There is nothing I can do for my regeneration. There is nothing I can do for my salvation. There is nothing I can do for my sanctification. There is nothing I can do to be holy before God. It is done. It is complete in Christ and Christ alone. So today, I can fulfill God's command. I can be holy. 1 Peter 1.15 But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I can fulfill that command today. But not because there's anything in me, but it's because of Christ in me. As he which hath called you is holy. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of our righteousness. He is the author of our holiness. He is the power that enables us to walk in holiness. Life begins at Calvary. And our holiness begins at Calvary. It is completed in Christ. Today, let us understand that our holiness is not wrapped up in what we do or do not do. It is rather founded and based upon what Christ has done and what he will do in us. When we leave here this morning, we will leave with one of two opinions. Either we will leave here with the belief that we must go and we must do certain things in order to be holy before God. Or we will leave here with the understanding that it is finished. It is complete in Christ. We will leave here with the understanding that it is God that has saved us. It is God that has sanctified us. It is God that has empowered us to walk and live in holiness. We will understand that it is finished. The work is done. Nothing more can nor needs to be done for our holiness. Now wait just one moment lest anyone misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we can live careless lives. I'm not saying we can go out and do whatever we want because we're already holy. It's not what I'm saying. We have a responsibility, don't we? We're not under the law, we're under grace. And because of that, we, we have an obligation to our Father. We have, God has an expectation that we will live in his holiness. And in order to do that, we must yield ourselves to his spirit and we must submit ourselves to his righteousness. 
But nothing more can be done. All that remains is for me to live a consecrated life. All that, a life that conforms to the expectations of God. A life that conforms to the image of his son. Are we perfect? No. Will we, will we come short? Yes. Will we fail? Yes. Will God forgive us? Yes. Will he cleanse us? Yes. All we need to do, and I know this sounds easy when you say all that we need to do, but all we need to do is learn to say no to the flesh, no to the old nature. Just say no. Just say no. Parents are good at saying no, right? We're not good at sticking to it, but we're good at saying it. Listen, all of this is only possible. All that I've talked about this morning is only possible through a life that is yielded to the Spirit of God and His guidance. So what are you going to do today? It's up to you. Will you walk in the Spirit? Or will you fulfill the lust of the flesh? But I can tell you this. Trying to be holy isn't going to do you any good. Because you, you, might, you might succeed for a little while. But you can't live in holiness by your own efforts. You can only live with, in holiness when you act upon the empowerment and the enablement given you by God through his Holy Spirit. Your holiness begins at Calvary, and it is complete in Christ. So we've answered two questions so far. At least in my mind, we've answered two questions. What is holiness, and how do we obtain it? But I had three questions, and actually I've added a fourth. And if the pastor doesn't hurry up and get back, I'll probably add a fifth. But the third, que- the third question was, We'll start on next Sunday morning, and that is this. How can we continue in holiness? Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Where would we be, Father, without your word? You've given us all these great things. You've, you've given us, you've empowered us and enabled us to, to live righteously to walk in holiness you've given us strength in all these things but lord so many of your children don't even realize that they don't know that because they don't they don't spend time in your word they don't they don't dig for the truth that's that's there but lord we are so unworthy and we fail so many times. We come short so often. You deserve all of our love and all of our dedication and all of our loyalty, but so often we, we, we fail. But Lord, we know that you forgive us. 
And we know that we can come to you for strength and cleansing. And we know that you have enabled us to be holy. So I pray today that we would, we would stop leaning upon our own strength and we would, we would walk in your spirit. And we would lean upon you for our, our righteousness and our holiness. And we would consecrate our lives and we would strive to conform to the biblical principles that you've given us. Help us today, Lord. We are weak. We need your strength. We are feeble. We need your wisdom. Give us grace, we pray. Strengthen us. Use us today, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.